welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. And today we're going to talk about the potter's hand out of Jeremiah chapter 18. Before we begin, I want to alert you or encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com. There you can find out more about us. You can find links to our social media accounts as well. There's a page there. You can contact us or submit prayer requests. As, uh, we hope that we'll get prayer requests and that we can put them on the webpage for others to, to view and be able to read and pray for you all over the world. I think prayer is very powerful and we, we seem to overlook prayer uh, too much. So today, Jeremiah chapter 18 is where the thrust of the podcast will come from. One of the classes I recall when I was in high school was art. It was a class that I kind of liked to do. It was kind of a relaxing class. <clears throat> but then I had to take pottery as a requirement. And I, I never really got the pot that I made in class to, to look as nice as some of the others. You could tell they had really taken the time and, and had experience at it, perhaps. The teacher finally got upset with me and said that it didn't matter what it looked like, they were going to put it in the kiln to be fired. And I was kind of thankful once that uh, I got the thing home. Of course, my mother, she thought it was the neatest thing ever, and she threw a bunch of potting soil in it and planted a vine in it. To be honest, uh, after that experience, I really did not want to make any clay pots again. I was not impressed with my work as a potter. However, I, I'm impressed how Scripture uses this picture. How God is the potter and we are the clay. Just like the clay that I worked with in class, I always found the clay that refused to be shaped and struggled with it, and sometimes we refuse to, to be shaped by God. And it's not really always fun to be shaped. If you ever watch somebody who works with clay, the potter can put quite a bit of force into his work efforts in making the shapes that he does. So Jeremiah chapter 18 is where we're going to start. It probably will be in most of the podcast. Jeremiah chapter 18, starting with verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, and go down to the potter's house, and there I will announce my words to you. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something on the wheel. But the vessel that he was making of the clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter. So he remade it into another vessel, and it pleased the potter to make. Jeremiah, okay, he goes down to the potter's house, and when he gets there, he sees something being made on a wheel, on a potter's wheel. Did Jeremiah need to see how pots were made and how clay was worked? No, I seriously doubt it. I'm sure that he had watched this before. But what Jeremiah needed to do was see a picture and, and understand what God was about to explain to him. The first vessel was not really working out right, so the man takes the clay and he, and he starts all over with it. When the second effort was made, it was complete, and the potter seemed to be satisfied with that pot. Verse 5, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does, declares the Lord? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. O house of Israel, 
at one moment I speak concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom to uproot, to pull it down, or to destroy it. If that nation is against which I have spoken turns, it, turns from its evil, I will relent concerning the calamity that I planned to bring on it. This picture uh, God needed to, to try to get Jeremiah to see and understand what the message was going to be, to see how this clay is worked and dealt with in a potter's hand. Jeremiah has repeatedly said over and over again, your time is over, as he would prophesy to the people. The time has gone from the people. And God has told Jeremiah to say these things, not only to the people, but to the king of Israel as well. And Jeremiah has done just that. God has begged and pleaded through Jeremiah for the people to, to repent and the king to repent, to stop worshiping false gods, to stop stealing from the widow and the poor, stop taking advantage of every opportunity that comes your way. Verse 9. Or at another moment can I speak concerning a nation or concerning a kingdom to build it up or to plant it? If it does evil in my sight by not obeying my voice, then I will think better of the good which I had promised to bless it. Here's a point in, in Jeremiah's message that we can even apply to us today. Where God has said, because of your sin, you will be punished. I have to tell you that this is, is, is my favorite book of the entire Bible for, for many reasons. You can read this book from the view of Jeremiah. You can read it from the view of the king of Israel, the people of Israel, the king of Babylon, and the view of God. This is a very well written book. And from the view of God, he shows his justice. And we can also see how fair God really is and how patient he is. You know, we live in a day and time where people are taught and believe God does not and will not punish anyone. That he's all loving, he's all caring, He's like an indulgent grandfather, and he always looks the other way. It is commonly taught in so-called Christian world, everyone will go to heaven. Kind of like in the movies. Uh, years ago, there was a movie called All Dogs Go to Heaven. This is very unrealistic. This is a false teaching in reality. God has said he cannot change. If it was a sin in the days of Jeremiah... God hated those actions of false worshiping and so on. He called it a sin. And today, uh, he, can, he calls it a sin as well. Just like he destroyed and punished uh, people who did not obey and listen to him, today he will punish those who do not listen and obey. The world has missed the message in and does not really know God. What about us listening here today? Do we really know the God of the Bible? God has called himself a potter. God has told mankind for thousands of years, including us today, that you're in my hand. God says, you need to repent or there will be calamity. So often when, when we read the message of Jeremiah, we read about the destruction. And, and sadly, so many people missed the rest of the story. The rest of the story is 
God is always looking and will accept true repentance. Back to Jeremiah chapter 18, starting in verse 11. So now then, speak to the men of Judah and against the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning calamity against you and devising a plan against you. Oh, turn back each of you from his evil way and reform your ways in your deeds. But they will say, It's hopeless, for we are going to follow our own plans, and each of us will act accordingly to the stubbornness of his evil heart. Verse 13, Therefore thus says the Lord, Ask now among the nations, Who ever heard of this virgin of Israel has done such an appalling thing? Those hearing this message simply just did not understand God. They refused to listen. They saw themselves in a bad spot that they could not get themselves out of. Do you think God and his heart was broken here? I, I think so. How can it be hopeless if God is willing to get you out of the mess that you're in? And the out is to repent, to stop doing evil. There's your hope. So many things are going on. The, the, the king of Israel has really turned away from God. He's worshiping false gods. Oh, he still goes to the temple and, and does his sacrifices for the people as, as a just to present something. Uh, but he's, he's claimed to Egypt for help. He, he's looked for other places for help. But he's not looked to God for help. And he's taken advantage, and the people are taking advantage of the widows and the orphans. Uh, the poor people are taken advantage of. Slaves are common in the day of Jeremiah. Verse 17. Like an east wind, I will scatter them before the enemy. I will show them my back and not my face in the day of their calamity. Then they said, Come and let us devise plans against Jeremiah. Surely the law is not going to be lost to the priest, nor counseled to the sage, nor the divine word to the prophet. Come on, and let us strike him with our tongue, and let us not heed to any of his words. This verse really sums up the entire nation, and they count on it. From the king to the slave and, and to everyone in the city of Jerusalem and the surrounding area. They were in the potter's hands, and the potter was willing to shape them into a beautiful vessel. I mean, in the wake of this, the people, they want to take it out on Jeremiah. It's like, it's let's kill the messenger type attitude. They got the message, and all they wanted to do was to get the preacher. I wonder how many times on Sunday morning at your headed home, do you get in the car or you're walking home from church, whatever your case may be, and you just shake your hands. I can't believe that preacher just preached that. How terrible was that? And then we want to know why our children are not returning to church when they become of age. I've seen this so many times in my lifetime, and I'm sure some of you have also seen it or heard it. When the truth is spoken about a person or a group, never seems to like that message. When you read Jeremiah, 
and you study the book seriously, Jeremiah's life was always in danger because he spoke the truth of God's message. There even came a time when he would tell God, Forget it. I'm done talking. I'm done preaching in your name. But of course, Jeremiah, he would repent. He would retract the statement and he would continue to preach God's word. If you were to ask me who's my hero, uh, hands down in the Old Testament, it's Jeremiah. Jeremiah lived in a world of, of very much a sick spiritual speaking. He, he witnessed how people claimed to know God. He watched people and their false worships of other gods, but yet said, oh, I, I'm a good Jew, or I'm a good Christian. And how the king and everyone else saw no problems in them blending of the different religions in the false worship that they were doing. Jeremiah, he lived among a people who claimed to be saved in practicing the truth of what God looked for in worship in a daily lifestyle. But oh, how wrong they were. And today it's really no different for us. When we, when we refuse to, to submit ourselves to the potter, when we live in a so-called Christian nation, it really doesn't take long to find people who, who are no different than the days of Jeremiah and the people that he preached to. People believe that they are saved and they can live and do as they please. You know, as long as they show up on Sunday morning in some church building, they've done their part. The rest of the week, they're, they're placing their lives into sin and destruction. They're chasing the secretary or being drunk and swearing falsely, causing other people harm and gossiping. People may not be burning offerings to false gods today in some places they might be as we have a worldwide audience but it's in the first place it's really no different because if we don't put God first then we have put other things before him we must always allow God to shape us and to mold us and it's not fun I, I know it's not but if we don't do this we don't let Christ control us and lead us and direct us in our lives. Our fate is already sealed. Just as it, it was for those who failed to repent in the days of Jeremiah. The end here in, in chapter 39 is around 586 B.C. The city has been laid to ruins. The walls are no longer protecting the city. The king's sons have all been overtaken and killed. The king himself will witness his own sons slaughtered before him, and that will be the last thing he sees as he has his eyes ripped out. Everything that Jeremiah preached and warned about came true. There's a small little thing that's interesting, or a little interesting twist at the end. And there's a man who, who will defend Jeremiah in, in chapter 38. In fact, he saves Jeremiah's life. Jeremiah has, has been thrown into a cistern and left to die. But he will beg the king, he's a eunuch, he will beg the king to let Jeremiah out of that cistern and pull him out, and he does. The king gives that permission. And God will reward this man uh, very much so as we read, and I will slaughter his name, I know it. So please forgive me and bear with me. 
at chapter 39, 16 through 18. And it says here, Go speak to ebed Melechai, the Ethiopian eunuch, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am about to bring my words on this city for disaster and not for prosperity, and they will take place before you on that day. But I will deliver you on that day, declares the Lord, and you will not be given into the hand of man whom you dread. For I certainly will rescue you, and you will not fall by the sword, but you will have your own life as booty, because you have trusted in me, declares the Lord. You see, it's very important for us to understand and see that this man is saved for trusting in the Lord God Almighty. Little is really known about this man. This is a person whose life has been spared because simply he trusted in God. I even question, uh, really, he was even a Jew in my studies, telling me even in the days of Jeremiah, God was pleased in anyone who trusted in him. Trusting in God shows that you also believe in him, and that will turn your heart to repentance, and repentance into saving your life for eternity. And somebody might ask, well, preacher, what is repentance? It's turning away from a sinful life and turning from God. Rejecting those things that, that uh, God hates and loving the things that God loves. We all have the opportunity today to, to trust God and to trust that He will save us from a certain destruction. True repentance. Walking by faith for the rest of your life. Perhaps you think, well, I have done some very horrible things in my life, and I had turned away from God. Well, you have an opportunity to make things right. Just allow the potter to shape your life, and pray, and trust in Him. Study His Word. Find a good biblical church that's teaching the entire Word of God in truth, or not being politically correct, or not worried about the consequences that might fall on their heads because they know God has got their back. We have people listening to the podcast all over the world and some of those nations. I know it's not popular to be a Christian or even be listening and I, I pray for you and I trust that God has you covered and protected in His hand. I certainly hope that all of us are trusting in God. And if you're not, please do so. Thank you again for listening to Biblical Question. Uh, you can go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com again and add your name to the prayer list there if you so desire. Uh, we have getting some, a few questions here and there. And we have many positive remarks and emails. And we are so glad uh, that so many people are enjoying this. We have more and more followers every week. And would you please click that like button and subscribe button. And we would appreciate that. Thank you again, and may God bless you, and may God have the glory.